Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We have a really great episode for you this week um, that we haven't done before, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, Allie, I think we've both been having so many conversations about this, and I know we wanted to touch on kind of our summer travel and what we've been, I guess, how we've kept healthy while traveling. Is that the right way to describe it? But um, I know you've been traveling a bit more than I have. I've gone on a few weekend trips here and there. I have another one coming up, but yeah, what, what has your summer been like so far and what are some of your travel hacks? Yeah. Um, definitely enjoying some travel this summer. That's not like emergency during a pandemic travel, but enjoyable family, uh, seeing family and, um, just having some, some vacation time, which has been awesome. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I got back in the spring, I would say started really prioritizing movement again in my life, um, which I've always ebbed and flowed with, but I really kind of clued in, especially like during the pandemic, how important it is for my mental health to move my body in addition to feeling physically strong too. Um, but so I really started like cultivating that, but you know, it's like when you're out of your environment, it's easy to not do it. And what I've started to do and like my partner and I kind of like have this conversation sometimes is really before we go somewhere, or if we know we're going to like be in a certain area, try to really tap into like what's local that we can do. That's like free outdoors, especially in the summer that will incorporate movement. So whether it's even just like walking or, um, a little hike here or there, finding a state park, um, you know, from, from like taking a walk along the waterfront somewhere to like doing a hike or a proper, you know, like a mountain hike, um, really kind of planning ahead for that stuff because it's a great way to see areas, but it's also a great way to feel great while you're vacationing. Um, and so for me, it's definitely, yeah, it's been really fun. It's been like really outdoorsy. I love, I love that. I'm not like 
super outdoorsy, but like I'm outdoorsy enough that I really, really enjoy whatever region I'm in kind of ahead of time doing a little research into like, oh, here's a park or a beach walk or, you know, this or that. And just so I know, so it can like easily be a part of my day wherever I go. I love that. You're, yeah. you're really good at that locally too. Like, I feel like I've seen your, even you go to Malibu and it's like mm-hmm. a different part of Malibu that I even haven't seen that you're hiking up. And I think that's a really, a really great tip. And yeah, I, I realized I am outdoorsy just in this last year. I never mm-hmm. would have said that about myself, but yeah, I crave nature and all of our little, I wouldn't even call them weekend trips, but day trips or yeah. even a couple day trips, you know, I, I definitely am craving and still craving nature after this last year, I think being cooped up, but, um, yeah, same. I, I love to find like a hiking trail or a long walk. And I also, you know, what's great is I know we've talked about this before on longer solo episodes and maybe even in some of our weekly updates, but I think what's great is since we've both been incorporating more of those like 20 minute workouts or 20, 25, 30 minute workouts, even 15 minute workouts into our routine, those are really easy to do in a hotel room or in an Airbnb or with limited space. And so I have definitely done on longer trips too. When I would visit my in-laws who live in a different state, I would always try to do like a 20 minute or 30 minute workout. And it's fun to do with your partner as well. Like, you know, it's just a fun bonding activity just for 20 minutes to quickly move your body. So um, I've been really enjoying fit for me by Courtney again, and her workouts are really energizing and super yes. quick. And so, um, and Melissa Wood health has really good short ones yeah. too. I find like a, all you need is a chair for some yeah. of hers. So yeah, it's that those are great because you're not like, it's not an all or nothing. It's like, Hey, I got 15 minutes. I'm going to do it. You know? And no pressure. Cause if, you know, if you don't feel it, don't do it. But for, I've found that when I move my body, I just always feel so much better and yeah, getting outside. And I think those are great tips, Allie too, about yeah. finding something new in your little destination. So I hope everyone is getting in some travel. I know Allie, you've really, you've been flying around. I've been more local or like I said, I do a lot of day trips, but um, yeah, it's just fun, especially after the last year to be out and about again is just such a gift. So yeah. Yeah. So the episode, let's get to the episode. It's a great episode today. Um, definitely like close to my heart too. Cause, uh, you know, we have on Kalina Powell, we'll get into her intro. Um, but she is, you know, a hard of hearing and deaf advocate and I, um, have family that is deaf. And so it's definitely, it was really cool to have her. Um, but yeah, let's, let's give an intro for her. So, um, so on this episode, we're welcoming Kalina Powell. She's also known on social media as deaf queen boss. Kalina based in Canada is a young woman on a mission to create more inclusivity for the deaf and hard of hearing community. At age four, Kalina lost her hearing, but with the support of her family, was able to cultivate her education in both the deaf and hearing communities. She now uses her skills as a mental health and disability coach, educating, inspiring, and motivating others. On this episode, we hear her story, adversities she's faced and overcome, and how COVID-19 even posed new difficulties for the hard-appearing community. 
Kalina is a force to be reckoned with, and we know her vivacious energy and commitment to her community will continue to create so much value in the world. This episode has also helped us take a stride to make our platform more inclusive, and you can find the audio with closed captions of this episode and more to come on the Courageous Wellness YouTube channel, which you can also find the link for in our show notes. Enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, Go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off, or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kalina. Thank you so much for having me, though. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're excited to talk with you. Um, just to get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your personal story, your personal background, and then how it's led you into the work and your mission today? Yes, for sure. I am Kalina. I'm from Canada, Toronto, 
and I'm 23, so I'm pretty young. And I'm a huge deaf advocate as well for the deaf community because myself is actually a deaf person. And people will be really like, oh my goodness, they never came across as someone that is deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I'm super passionate about what I'm doing is because I became deaf at the age of four. I wasn't born deaf. And so that whole thing that happened was I would, the daycare screwed up my hearing aid, my hearing, actually. So that is the awareness I'm spreading out to a lot of parents, especially daycare, to be really mindful and be really be careful, you know, because you're taking care of another human being. And, um, you know, myself, I never met anybody that was deaf like me when I was growing up. I grew up with 99% of hearing community, even at my work. Everybody's hearing except for me, you know. And so I always wanted to make that awareness and actually educate people what it's like to be deaf and how can we be more inclusive, especially on social media, uh, any other platform as well. And yes. Thank you for sharing that, you know, your journey and being an advocate. It's truly incredible. And like you said, at only 23 years old, you are doing so much for so many. Can you tell us a little bit what it was like growing up deaf? As you mentioned, you didn't know anybody else. Like how did people treat you? How did you feel? What was that experience like for you? Um, It was very difficult. It was always a roller coaster every day of my life. Um, you know, especially having a hearing family alone, that's when it all started for me to be able to communicate. And that was the hardest thing was to communicate because I don't learn sign language and I had to learn so much ways to hear with my ears. It was very difficult because I'm a lip reader. I have to read your lip in order to understand what you're saying or to finish a complete sentence. So that was super hard for me. Um, especially going to school. Luckily, my family was able to find me a deaf school. So I went to a deaf school in the morning and then the afternoon I went to a hearing school. So that way I can learn how to communicate with um, the hearing world and the deaf community. So I was able to learn how to communicate with two communities. It was pretty cool, but at the same time, it was kind of hard because I had to change my personality when I'm with the hearing world and with the deaf community because I was trying to fit in more with the hearing community because they never met someone like me, especially like teachers and um, any other any other person that came across you that is hearing. And so that was difficulty. And two, my mental health was very, very big, especially at a young age. I didn't know how to cope with it because my family never really talked about mental health, really, right? And they were still like, she's going to be fine. She will get over it. But, you know, little do they knew, like, it was it's, it changed my whole anxiety who I am. And it's not like I was able to overcome it overnight. It was something that I had to learn on my own because my family couldn't find anybody that had a disability that was a coach or a mental health coach or anything like that. So that was very tough for my family to look for, um, especially myself. Some people may be like, oh, but she speaks super clear. I went to so many speech therapists. I was super hard because I would get frustrated with the words I was saying. And there's some words I still cannot pronounce still this day. And so it was very hard. But I would say those are my definitely my top struggles I had until this day. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think hearing that when you when you lost your your hearing, um you you didn't know anybody else who was deaf 
That's, that's really interesting because it shines a light on the fact that it's not necessarily a normalized um, part of everybody's experience. And I actually grew up with deaf family members. My uncle is deaf and his wife is deaf or his ex-wife, but um, my cousins were full hearing, but they grew up with deaf parents. So in, in our family, it was very normalized. Um, And actually now my cousins are both uh, professional ASL interpreters because it was their first language, but um, that's not a normal experience to be used to it necessarily. As you were saying for you, even having the experience and not knowing anyone else who had that experience. So I'm glad you shared that with us because I think it opens people's eyes if they don't know someone in their family or someone else who's deaf or hard of hearing um, to be conscious of things and communications that are really limited to like in a, in a sort of a hearing society. Um, and one thing I'd love, I know you talk about this a lot, but I think it's something that some people don't even think about this year with COVID, um, and mask wearing that was implemented across the planet. How did you deal with that? And how did you, um, how did you navigate it and communicate with like your primary source of communication being being completely like shut off? That's a really good question. Um, actually, I actually quit my job at the grocery store because of that reason. I was not able to hear a customer or finish the complete sentence. And it was super hard. Like I... I feel like people had to shout the answer to me out of the max. And it was really disrespectful because I was like, hey, you know what, this job is not for me. And luckily I still have my overnight job. Um, with that one, it's the warehouse. So it's really more convenient and more flexible with the max. Um, for me, how I deal with it, honestly, I try my best to tell people to write it down a piece of paper or try to talk really slow, I guess. Um, it was, it's not easy stuff. I feel like COVID really shut me out a lot and made me realize how heavy I am on the reader, to be honest. I thought I could hear like without having to rely on lips, but then I realized that it depends on who's the person speaking. Like for example, my family, I'm super used to the voice, the part where I don't have to look at their lips. So I realized that, um, with other people's voices, it can be really different, especially through the mask that it's covering it. And for me, how I deal with it, I literally just, I just don't do anything with it, to be honest. I avoid going out with my friends a lot of time because they have to cover their mouth, right? So I just instead, I just basically like FaceTime my friend, call my friend, come home, and that's pretty much it. But I try to avoid any other social gathering. Even if it's have to be with masks, I avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, it's so interesting because, um, yeah, I can imagine how isolating, I, like everyone talks right about how isolating this last year has been, but in your situation, it's, it is like you just explained, it's taken to another level. And so just thank you for sharing that. And I think hopefully through this conversation, 
our audience, individuals just can have more awareness because like what you're doing by advocating is so important because there's, there's such a lack of awareness on so many things in our society. Um, so I would love to get into the work that you do and your hopes and aspirations for our culture and our society and not just the deaf community, but for all of us. So can you talk to us about your advocacy and, and the work that you do? So for sure, the work I've been doing actually, since COVID hit, I was on Clubhouse a lot. People ask me, how are you on Clubhouse? Like, it's an audio app, like how do you do it? And so I tell people, well, my hearing aid is actually Bluetooth. It's like an earbud. So it's perfect. So I can listen to everything through my ears. I don't have to put the speaker in my ears or have to do um, like extra multitasking in terms of having pull out another device to close caption to listen to what is on Clubhouse. So time time I do that, it really depends on the room I have. But what I've been doing on Clubhouse is actually teaching people how to be more inclusive on the app. So before you start speaking on Clubhouse, you say this is clean speaking. And when you're done speaking, say I'm done speaking. So that way people who like myself who are deaf or have any other disability, they can follow the conversation. Because I noticed that on Clubhouse, there's so many people on stage all at one time and conversation going all over, all over the place. Um, so the second thing is I have been doing is my Instagram. So I have been really advocating a lot on my Instagram, being given a lot of tips, advice. And I have also surprisingly, especially a since I've been talking on Clubhouse, there's a lot of people actually reached out to me how to be inclusive. So I've been working with a lot of parents, teachers, and how to be more inclusive for the student or even for the child, uh, which is really cool, really exciting um, experience for me. I also had well, have my TikTok, which I'm slowly getting up there, but something really big I'm really, really starting to start with is um, YouTube channel because a lot of people was asking me like I have that personality to be doing YouTube and so I said okay I would definitely start a YouTube channel but um so yeah so that's what I've been doing so far but I have an upcoming project it's my book I'm actually writing a book to teach people how to be more inclusive and what it's like to be in the hearing community so that they have an experience and idea of what it's like so Incredible. I'm going to follow you on TikTok. I am obsessed. Side note. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like an older millennial now on TikTok, but uh, I love TikTok. So um, I will definitely be following you on that. <laughs> if you're not on TikTok, everyone listening needs to get on, on the talk. <laughs> yes. And actually you bring up, um, you bring up a good point, which has Erica and I have been um, thinking about it for a while and talking about it, but I feel even in doing the interview with you that I can't wait on it any longer, which is having an audio podcast um, is not, there are ways to make it accessible, which we've been talking about for a long time, but it's not accessible the way that we release it right now. And there are ways to do transcripts, release transcripts, sorry, transcripts or um, closed captions for people who might not even have any hearing ability. Um, and so we have a, an archive meant for YouTube, but I'm excited because you've inspired me to like 
launch it. Like it's time to put it all. We have 150 episodes, so it might take a long time, but to just finally do that because it expands content to so many more people. And that's good for us. And it's good for other (laughs) people. It's good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, I know you're writing a book and you do so much advocacy online, but can you share some of your inclusive tips, even maybe for just, um, regular people who are listening, right? Like maybe someone doesn't have clubhouse or a podcast or a YouTube page, but, um, like, do you have tips for our listeners for how to be more inclusive in their daily life and in their work and in society, all of that? Um, I love that question. I would say the first thing is, please, please um, do not be afraid to ask questions. That is my number one tip. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I know a lot of people feel like they're going to feel like they're going to put the other person in an awkward position. I also have people, no, that's not the case. Get that out of your head. You'll be fine. If you ask somebody, they're going to appreciate it even more. The fact that you have the ability to even ask that question instead of assuming. Um, number two, I would say 100%, especially on social media, uh, closed captions, very, very important. Very, 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 very important. And do not summarize your video. I noticed a lot of people have been doing this on social media. They summarize it without even having the words for words. And I was just like, what are you doing? And do not have one video that's closed caption. The next video is not closed caption. You're going to lose a lot of followers like that because it shows us the lack of knowledge you even have. And um, third thing is, um, if you are a parent or have any loved one that is hard of hearing or any disability, um, you know, be supportive. Do your research. Find out what you can really do to help them because there are a lot of research that nowadays on the internet, uh, sorry, on the internet. And um, as well, um, just honestly, just be there for them when they really need you. I know some people feel awkward being there for someone who has a disability because they don't know how to be there. And, you know, just always ask, like I mentioned before. Um, another main tip, I know people probably be like, oh, but how can we keep up with this? So basically talk, Try your best to talk not too fast, like myself. I talk fast, I know that. I come from a Caribbean island, so I'm half Jamaican and half Tanisha. So we all know Jamaican people talk fast sometimes. So that is my background. So I'm from the island, so we talk really fast. I try my best myself to learn to talk slow and, you know. And um, yeah, and I just want people to know that, you know, if you have a disability, mental health will always come with it. And very tough. Not a lot of us talk about it. So my goal is to make sure that people who have a disability be comfortable talking about it on social media. Thank you. I think that's really important. And Erica and I, on our platform, mm-hmm. try to encompass like all aspects of health. So it's not just physical health. It's not just fitness or nutrition, but it's emotional health and mental health and that means different things to different people, but that there's a big definition and a a wide um, variety of of topics that are really important when we're talking about this idea of wellness. 
We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. I have been using Milk and Honey's baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to clean, aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with red itchy bumps under my arms on top of not feeling confident that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only once never gave me those pesky red bumps from their deodorant, but it also passed the smell test, even after an intense spin or hit class. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand. And in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We are so excited to share a new discount code with our listeners for Recess. Recess is a wellness and lifestyle brand that offers hemp-infused beverages designed to help people relax. An antidote to modern times, Recess offers us all a moment to reset and rebalance with their flavorful, unique combination of hemp extract and adaptogenic sparkling water made with real fruit. A wonderful alcohol alternative or just a fun afternoon treat to keep you calm, cool, and collected. With flavors including blackberry chai, blood orange, black cherry, peach ginger, and pomegranate hibiscus, they offer 6 and 12 packs, subscriptions, and sampler packs for your enjoyment. My two favorite flavors are the coconut lime and the black cherry, but I truly love them all and can't recommend the sampler pack enough, which is where I started. To save 15% on all beverages or subscriptions, you can use code COURAGEOUS at checkout when you visit takearecess.com. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. So I know you talk about mental health on your platforms. Can you share with us maybe some things that, especially because you have a background in psychology, right? So also in, in the world of therapy too, are there are certain things that really are important to you in your um, mental health journey, keeping up um, maybe practices that you might implement in your life um, to prioritize your mental health? Yes, for sure. I mean, what I do, well, for me, I work two jobs. So, and I'm starting my book and I'm starting a next business, which is my mental health coaching business to help people who actually have a disability. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, myself, I honestly, every single day, I give myself 30 minutes before I look into my phone 
before I wake up in the morning because that is very important. Um, the phone, yes, it's important, but if you learn how to balance out yourself, um, I guess yourself love, I would say, because if you attach your phone too much, you're not giving yourself that space in the morning. And second thing is what I do is every time I drive to work, I play my favorite song. I blast the super loud. I drive to work. That is my other self thing I do for myself. Uh, third thing is once a week, once a week, all the time, I have my stuff. And I drive up to the park or the, or the lake or wherever to have my own me time and a quiet time. No phone, no distraction. Um, what else do I do? I also to try my best to find like a therapist. However, it's very hard because of COVID. And, um, and also too, because when I was growing up, I didn't have a therapist. So um, for those who are listening, you're probably like, oh, but therapists are everywhere. That's not the case for me. For me, I have to make sure that the therapist I'm seeing actually understand that I'm a full package. Because I am deaf, I have a disability. I need to know, can you relate to my story? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of time I notice that a lot of them cannot relate to my story. So that's why I have to figure things on my own a lot of times. Especially someone who is deaf too. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are deaf do not have a therapist to this day because they feel like no one can relate to their story. I think that's um, important to bring up. So thank you. And I think you are going to be a wonderful resource too for the deaf community too. And and um, I am curious, can we go back a little bit? Because you shared with us that you went to both um, deaf school part of the day, and then you went to your public school or uh, the second half of the day. Um how how did your family know that that was an important thing in your own journey to be able to be in, have have a deaf community and and be educated in that space too because i know i think it's gotten better over time but just knowing from stories i've heard from my own family like that wasn't always the case and that created a lot of isolation, mental health issues when you didn't, when children who are deaf don't have that community, don't have that space, those resources. So can you share with us how your family navigated that? Sure. Um, actually, my mom had me at a young age. So that, I think that was the bonus for that because <laughs> she was young. She wanted to make sure what was best for me. And I think because her and my grandmother, um, because again, there's no one that does in the family. So no one can relate to what I'm going through. So that's right there. My family knew that they had to look for a deaf school for me right on that spot. Um, the second thing is my grandma, she's very um, a community person. Okay. So she is very like, she have I don't know how to explain it, but she has a big structure of things. So if she did your part of something, and she would be like, okay, she needs to be in this community. She needs to be in this. And I was like, okay. So my grandma was a very community person. So thank God she had that mindset of like community person. So that's how they got away with it. And third thing, my mom went down. She was in school. She was in college when she had me. And so luckily, college, right, there's a lot of disability services. So I guess my mom went in there and actually asked a lot of questions. And, oh, my daughter's deaf. I don't know what to do. 
Uh, so I got they give my mom a lot of recommendation what to do and a list of deaf schools and yeah and that's how we went about it. Your family sounds so incredible. <laughs> like they, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering too. You know, I think I think earlier we mentioned right like representation in the media, and um, this is like silly and small, but you know I think on the Bachelor last season they had their first hard of hearing contestant. And that was like, um, I think she actually was deaf. I have to, I don't, I didn't fully watch the bachelor, but I remember that got attention. Um, I used to, but, um, now I just go in and out, but, um, but that got a lot of attention because I'm somebody who does keep up with pop culture. And so I, I did see that, you know, on the internet. So how do you feel about like representation and even things like, right, like that's a dating show, like a really popular dating show that, you know, for other reasons is known for being terrible in other ways. Um, but uh, how do you feel about representation in the media and and all of that? And what can we do to make our media more inclusive? Um, Media, media, oh my goodness. That's a lovely question. I mean, Media is really hard. I'm not going to say everybody needs to follow the different rules, but media has been improving. For example, Instagram, they just came up with a closed caption for the Instagram live, which I mean, the story. And I was like, oh, wow, finally an improvement. Um, I would say just please be mindful what words you're using, because I feel like a lot of times people say words that is not appropriate. So I give you one word. Um, it's called hearing impaired. A lot of deaf community do not like that word, hearing impaired. They prefer to be called deaf or hard of hearing. Um, I had no idea there was a word such as hearing impaired because um, I always been known how calling myself had deaf. So when I got older, when I got into more into the deaf community, that's when I learned a lot about the words. So that is the number one thing that social media really needs to be mindful of the wording that they're using to represent the deaf community or even anybody in general. Uh, and two, um, do not make jokes. I know a lot of people try to, to make jokes, but I get it, you know, we're funny. We all want to have some lit, you know, but it's, it's sometimes people can take jokes too, a little too far, especially on TikTok sometimes too. And a lot, little do people know this, I really wanted to say this, it's that a lot of deaf community are actually on TikTok more than any social media platform. So keep that in mind. So if you're going to be using TikTok, go ahead. But just keep in mind, you know, don't take the joke a little too too much, especially for someone who has a disability. Mm, thank you again for sharing that. And can I ask you, and if it's too personal, you don't have to share, but um, okay. as I thought of it while we were talking, because you mentioned, right, like growing up and, and the social component of all this and after COVID, right, like how it made you not want to do social things with masks. What um, what has dating and, and friendships been like? You know, relationships, friendships, that's all a part of wellness and we're a wellness podcast. And how do you approach that, right? As somebody who who is in the deaf community? Oh, I just actually had um, a podcast about dating. So no problem at all. Um, so, okay, I will start with dating first. Um, dating is, is fun. Um, but again, a lot of guys never come across with deaf girls. So it's funny because they're learning. So every time I talk to them, they're like, oh my God, okay, tell me more. Oh my God, okay, tell me more. And I'm like, okay, calm down. And so it was 
they were really surprising and they were, it was a great education experience for them. And they always thought I had, I do sign language. I'm like, no, I don't do sign language. So a lot of times, um, guys that ever came across it, they tend to overthink too much a little bit. They've been like, oh my God, I cheated a deaf person. How do we uh, navigate with me? And I would tell them like, no, chill, chill, don't worry. Like if I need help, I'll tell you. Um, so just recently, actually, my boyfriend. Um, my relationship with Max, but he is actually my first boyfriend. Um, he was lovely. Everything was really, really good. Um, at the beginning, it was really difficult because he had a Spanish accent. So if you have an accent, a lot of hard of hearing community will not be able to understand full out sentence. Even though I'm a lip reader, I try to read lips. Um, so that was something that was really interesting. And um, he was actually new to the country, actually, on top of that. So I had to take him on tour in Canada. And um, it's funny because him and I were learning how to communicate on different levels. And it was really cool because he speaks he speak English very well, but certain words that comes out didn't make sense. And I have to re- teach him how to make the sentence properly. <laughs> and then he'll teach me some Spanish so I can catch that up, whatever he tried to say. And even especially when we go out for a restaurant, oh my God, he would never take an order. He would be like, you, Kalina, you'd order for me. I'm like, why? You do it. He's like, no, 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 you do it. Because <laughs> he's so nervous to talk. And because the accent and so, we help each other build that communication to help each other to build a self-esteem to speak and talk to people. And so that relationship alone, especially my first relationship, we both taught each other something. And um, moving forward, I felt like his family was really, really rewarding because I had no idea he actually had a cousin that was deaf too. And so that was really interesting. So his family very, very new what to do with me and they are like oh my god it's like you know it's very rare to teach someone that stuff and feel comfortable talking to a human community like myself and you know I was just like you know what I'm so used to it because my whole family's hearing so so that was something that I had to get used to and so yeah and that is dating life friendship oh my god love my friends my friends are the marvel they're like literally my number one to go to my friends got my back like crazy if I call them like oh my god yeah this person just cussed at me they're like oh send the number what's the address I'm like oh my god my friends do not play when it comes to me oh my god um meeting friends was a little bit difficult when I got older because I didn't know what to say I guess and um when I got older, it got easier over the time. Um, I would say meeting friends wasn't too hard because I'm such a social butterfly and you know my family's a social butterfly themselves, so they taught me that. Um, but meeting friends wasn't too difficult. But I know for some people it's very difficult because they want to find a friend that is in their own community a lot of times. But for me, I'm a very open person. I am always... Um, I always like exploring, meeting people. I'm not always stick to one community. I do not like that. I always like exploring. And because my family are very multicultural, like very, very multicultural. People be like, what is your background? Like you have so many backgrounds. And I said, well, I mean, my history, history, I'm actually Indian. So I'm like, wait, what? And I said, yeah. And then my grandmother, she's Italian. I have a lot of Italian family in me, so it was pretty cool, and yeah, so 
that's my friendship is really that I guess because I came from a multicultural background, it's a lot easier for me to meet people across the world in different platforms. And yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And that's fun. Yeah. To have that sort of perspective in general makes life more interesting, I think. And um, so do you, do you feel like it's important for you also keeping um, deaf friendships? Do you feel like that's um, something that you from a community perspective to always have that. I, the reason I ask too is because you said you don't like sign language or you don't really like using sign language. I'm not sure if you do use it or not, but do you ever find that within the deaf community, some people don't have the lip reading skills that you have and how do you navigate that if someone really only relies on sign or yeah. like combination, you know, how do, how does that work? Um, it actually happened to me before, actually okay. a couple of times with the deaf community. Um, I remember I had a friend cause she does both. So she speak and does sign. And for me, how I do it, um, I did sign language when I was younger, actually at the deaf school, but because my family doesn't know how to do it, they were not able to help me practice it. So I, I ended up losing it when I got older. So now I'm trying to get back on it because I really need it because there's a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of people don't lie on lips. They rely heavy on sign language. So for me, I, it's very important to have the deaf community beside me because if I ask or if I want to talk about my mental health, the hand community is not going to understand what I'm going through versus the deaf person, right? And I, to this day, I actually still have my deaf friend from the deaf school to this day. We're all super close. We all talk every day, you know, and they all have successful life. Oh my God. I was like, you know, a lot of us can do it, but we actually kill it and we actually finish the game. Thank you. That's, uh, that's great. And so as we start to wrap up, we always ask three questions to all of our guests at the end. The first one we touched on a little bit, but it's basically, what is your self-care in a day? How do you take care of yourself? We talked about it with mental health a little bit, but um, is there anything you didn't share with us? And are there any non-negotiables in your day-to-day self-care? Um, usually what I do, like I mentioned, 30 minutes before I look at my phone, um, I actually listen to my music first thing in the morning. Um, I usually, I try my best to cut it down, but it's so hard. Sometimes I go to Tim Hortons or like Starbucks and get my favorite drink just to start off my day. But I mean, it's so hard, but that is something I have to do sometimes. Or sometimes I get booster juice. Like I have one right here before I come to work. And, um, that's pretty much it for my self-care for like a daily day. And our most important thing is spend time with your family. That is something I always do. As soon as I'm done work, I go spend time with my little sister because my baby sister, my baby, that's my baby. Um, and spend time with my sister. That's my daily basic. And yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. I've thought of um, when you mentioned Starbucks, like sometimes like going to Starbucks and starting your day there and just getting a drink is, is sometimes a really fun act of self-care too. So I can relate to that one. And I don't think I've heard that on the podcast before. So thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> 
The second question we always ask is, uh, what does being courageous mean to you? Um, that's a good question. I would say, I have so many different ways of describing it. I would say something that I have to do with myself in terms of motivation, because motivation is not everyday basic life, and being able to actually come out of my shell. And because that is something that um, not a lot of people really talk about, especially coming from a deaf person. So coming out of the shell is something I think of every day. Thank you. And then the final question is, other than your own book, which you're writing, do you have any book recommendations you would want to share with our audience? Um, Or it could be a podcast, something, a resource that has been helpful for you or meant something to you and you want to share it with our audience. Um, I would say the the book that I actually just finished reading, we're talking about finance uh, because myself, I never grew up in a finance background. So I always highly encourage people to read books about their finance just because now the way the world is going, it's expensive. I could imagine that. And because I always tell people, you know, invest early as you can, start investing, even if it's little by little. And I always tell people it's very important to learn how to invest, even read finance books. So that is my advice. I wish I knew about investing at 23. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) If anyone wants to follow you, work with you, find you on the internet, where can they go? They would definitely go on my Instagram, which is Deaf Queen Boss, and my Twitter, Cutie Kalina, and my TikTok. If people do message on TikTok, um, Deaf Queen Boss as well. Thanks so much. We This was such a treat, and we'll include everything in our show notes so everyone can go stalk you online. <laughs> so. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.